to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting and GPB Media. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. GPB, GPB gpb.org, the GPB Sports app, your favorite podcatcher, wherever the show can be found. That's where we are every single week during football season. Alongside Hannah Gooden, I am John Nelson. And Hannah, we had our first Football Fridays in Georgia game this past week. Yes, we did. I missed being on the field tremendously, but... Broadcasting from Studio A was different. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah. Still getting to be a part of the show, still getting to broadcast football on Fridays, but I certainly was jealous of you, John. Well, I mean, it was it was interesting to be out there at Milton at the Eagle's Nest. It was 30% capacity, and you had to undergo a wellness check walking in the door, and you had to wear a mask, and you had to uh, have social distancing as a part of the whole process. And you noticed that uh, the Milton band was down in the corner. They were not in the, in the stands in their traditional seats. And it's just something that we're going to have to look at on a case-by-case basis every single week. I know that we're going to be uh, heading to the branch this weekend uh, to go see Jefferson and Flowery Branch on Friday night. How is it going to look there in Hall County? That's going to be the question. But it was uh, it was unique and it was challenging on a lot of different fronts. But it was glad I'm glad that we got our first game out, out there for folks to watch. Yeah, you were wearing your mask and being safe and healthy, right? Have it right here with me as we're talking, as a matter of fact. Well, if listeners missed the game, it was Cedar Grove versus Milton at the Eagles Nest. The Eagles were up 7 to nothing at the half. Quarterback Devin Farrell connected with Jordan McDonald for that score. But then the Saints turned it up after the break with two running scores from quarterback Austin Smith. He was lights out in that game. They won it 14-7. Saints moved to 1-0 on the year. Milton moves to 2-1 on the season. What did you see from the sidelines out of the Saints? John? Well, I mean, you saw the adjustments that Coach Miguel Patrick made at the half, and you also saw someone in Austin Smith take control and wasn't afraid to tuck and run, had 108 yards rushing to go with 116 passing. So, you know, when your quarterback is responsible for almost 225 yards offensively, then a tremendous effort by them. And once again, the stand-up defense that you saw from Cedar Grove because uh, Milton had a chance to go for the game-tying score for the last play of the game. You can't ask for anything better when you're looking for TV, but the defense came up stout when they needed to right there at the end to keep Milton out of the end zone. We definitely picked a good one. I saw some comments on our Facebook Live broadcast, and people were saying this is one of the best games they had watched in a long time. So we picked a good one. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be just the same to see Jefferson and Flowery Branch go at it. Jefferson knocked off Rabin County already this year, and Flowery Branch, we know how how tough they've been, and they're ranked in the top tens when it comes to GPB as well. So it'll be another fun contest up at the branch with the, the, the plot with Coach Hall and his history and uh, what you're seeing with Jefferson and Coach Cathcart and a lot of great storylines there as well. So it's going to be fun. Stick around on the podcast because at the end of the show, we will break down that game, our next Football Friday in Georgia game, even further. So some other games I was watching this past Friday around the metro Atlanta area, 5A Cartersville versus 7A Cherokee. The number 30, the number three ranked Purple Hurricanes held a state record of 62 consecutive regular season wins. That came to an end on Friday night when the Warriors beat them 14 to 12. 
12. Also in 7A, Archer got its first win of the season over number 8 North Gwinnett. The Tigers led the entire game, barely squeaking it out, though. They won 14-13. to And over at the Big Orange Jungle in Lilburn, Parkview hosted Marriott in a highly anticipated matchup. It was close all game, but the Panthers finally pulled it away. Late fourth quarter, final score, 50 to 28. John, what were your surprises around the state? Well, and uh, Justin Rogers from Colquitt County is our guest this week, and he kind of gets into this one because his next opponent is Northside Warner Robins. And Richmond Hill and Matt Lazat put up 52 on Northside Warner Robins, 152 to 12. That was one that uh, I was keeping an eye on. You look at uh, Carrollton knocking off Dalton, 34 24. Warner Robins really put the pedal down and knocked off Houston County in that Central Georgia round robin that we're used to seeing uh, this time of year. Warner Robins knocked off Hoko, 44 to 10. Ware County knocked off Bainbridge 35-30. Veterans and Perry in that Central Georgia round robin. You know, veterans got the Duke there 24-14. Jefferson knocked off Hart County 26-19. We'll, we'll tell you who to keep an eye on for the Dragons coming up in just a little, little bit. Benedictine knocked off Wayne County 41-29. That one was a, a bit of a shootout as well. And then you get into Oconee County. This was pack a lunch, pack a dinner. Because you're going from Watkinsville to Thomasville. The only thing they had in common was the Ville. So Watkinsville, 44-14 to 14 over Thomasville on that one. Peach County beats Mary Persons. GAC beat Burke County. Pierce County and Eagles Landing Christian. We talk about Eagles Landing Christian a lot and how they will play anybody, anyplace, anytime and twice on Tuesday. Pierce County, winners 20-13. to 13. That's just a couple of folks that I had my eye on. That's a good recap. We will do a preview after Coach Rogers. I think we've kept him waiting long enough, John. Yep. Justin Rogers from Colquitt County is our guest this week. And the first question that we ask is, how much of a challenge has it been this season coaching down at Colquitt County in the era of COVID-19? It's been the same issues as everybody else. And then we had to try to try, you know, we, you know at Colquitt, we have to one-up everybody, right? we got to do it just a little bit more. So we've been dealing with the quarantine, the Zoom meetings, the groups of 20, the groups of 50. And then when we get started August 1st, you know, we just had to one-up and go ahead and shut us down for two weeks also and, and cancel a bunch of ball games. And so uh, it, it's it's been unique, but it's – our entire nation and everybody's dealing with it. And so you just kind of, you kind of got to understand it, roll with the punches, but uh, we're so happy to be back going now um, to what is the the normal for this year. Uh, but it's definitely a um, whole different set of circumstances that you have to account for in the way that you travel to games, the way that you do pre-games, the way that you do practice, the way that you meet. I mean, just all the things you have to do to be safe so you can keep playing football. Coach, it seems you're dealing with the adversity pretty well. Off to a 3-0 start with wins over Banneker, Valdosta, and Dothan. We'll get to that Valdosta game in just a minute. I want to talk about Dothan. 63-27 win. Your quarterback, Xavier Williams, lights out four TDs. Wide receiver, Lamecki Brockington, two TDs himself, one rushing, one receiving. Talk about those playmakers and recap that game for us. Yeah, I mean, it was a, uh, our kids came back and rallied and, and played well. We really didn't play well at the start, you know, to be honest. We, we got out, we got there and, and threw a pick six early on, um, and kind of sputtered on, on offense and defense right there early in the first quarter. And, uh, I think it was a little lull coming off from the week before our first road game and, and kind of took us a while to get going. And, uh, but real proud of how we responded to it. You're right, Xavier. Uh, continues to improve. He's got to continue to get better in some other areas too. Uh, but we're proud of his improvement through three games. Uh, I've been saying, you know, guys that don't have, you know, if this is your first year starting at quarterback, 
um, this year's a tough year. And so you got to take the first part of the season and really work on improving your game because you lost all the summer seven on seven and OTAs. And so we're proud of him there in Lamecki. I mean, what do you say? He's just such a dynamic player, been a great player here for the Packers for a long time. And, uh, and so he's having a great senior year. When, you know, Santana brought up the schedule, let's let's go back a little bit. And before the three of us were as deep in Georgia high school football as we are, it was always Moultrie and Valdosta. It was you know, rivals that were 45 minutes apart, one road, one-way traffic, you know, depending on the rivalry. What's it been like for you to be a part of this rivalry now and then with what happened this year? Oh man, it's uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's such a great game, it's such a unique game, and I always compare it when people ask me uh, to the Georgia Auburn game. You know, it just happened, and um, I mean, it's just the oldest rivalry in the South. I mean, you've been playing it for I think 107 years that Valdosta and Colquitt have played each other, and uh, just the amount of people that have been involved in that game, been a part of that game, attended that game over the years, just. I mean, it's truly humbling to be a part of something with that much tradition and and uh, prestige that comes with that game. So it is an unbelievably important game every single year when those two teams play each other. It seems it was even more important this year, one of the most anticipated games across Georgia. Former Colquitt coach, Rush Propes, now on the Valdosta sideline. What was the atmosphere like? I know that there's less people because of the pandemic, but what was the atmosphere like and and what was it like – with a former coach on the on the other sideline in that game. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's a lot of storylines that that kind of marquee that game and and made this one circled for a lot of people throughout the state and 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 to both communities too because obviously you had you know, Coach Probst, but then you also had Coach Rodemaker. You know, Coach Rodemaker's our DC now, and uh, he's doing a great job. And then we had some other outlying issues also. So they definitely had the makeup of a of a good soap opera, man. It could have been twelve thirty after the news uh, as far as the soap opera lines that that went with it. So it was it was much anticipated. So the the fans, the crowd, it was great. I mean, it were the pandemic took a break that night, and so we had a great night. A lot of a lot of fans there, a lot of fan support, and uh, and so it was an electric atmosphere. I didn't know you. I didn't know if you'd get to experience that this year during a pandemic, but luckily for our kids, they did get to experience it. And uh, I'm so proud of how they played and and how much heart they played for, and 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 they've just played for this community and, and for this team, and and these are boys that grew up together and uh and they've been to seven-year-old birthday parties together family reunions together and and you could see that bond and that commitment to one another throughout that game as it went because that was our you know only our second game we'd been quarantined for a couple of weeks and so super proud how they played in such a big moment game early in the year all right so let me ask the next question this way what's it like having a guy like rod down there on the sideline with you this year wow that hurt <laughs> Yeah, I know it, man. I, got, I, I let him – I try to record bedtime stories that I can play to my son from Rodemaker, you know. And uh, just just so, you know, my son gets to hear that southern voice, and, and he loves him. I'm going to tell this story real quick. Coop, my little boy, he uh, he told me the other day, he said, hey, Daddy, I can do uh, – I can do an impersonation of Coach Rod. And he did this on his own. I said, oh, yeah? He said, yep. Ribbit, 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 ribbit. He said, I got a frog in my throat. Wow. And, uh, and that's what he said. But, nah, Rod's awesome. And uh, he definitely has the best coaching voice of anybody I've ever been with. And he is undeniable. You can't mistake it. But the wisdom that he brings to our staff, 
the poise that he brings to our staff and knowledge is unmeasurable. I mean, you just can't put a measure on it. And uh, he's an unbelievable human being and a great man for our young people to be around. And so he was just a home run hire and, and someone that we hope we can keep on staff for as long as we can. But he's going to be a hot commodity because uh, he, he is a very, very good coach and an unbelievable person. He's also juggling dad duties. You told us before we came on yep. air that he had done coached a game Friday, then headed down to Miami a few weeks ago to watch Tate's first FSU game. I think you said he came in in the fourth quarter in that one. Yeah, it was 52-10. Yeah, yeah, that would happen, yeah. Played last week. Thanks for the reminder well. of that, Hannah. You're welcome, John. <laughs> so that's a lot to juggle as well. No, and but that goes to just just what a great man he is. That that he wants to be there for his son, and and so he's willing. We have a saying in our program: love equals sacrifice. If if you want to know if you love something, will you sacrifice for it? And so we get through playing Valdosta, and um, you know once we get done with that game, it was eight o'clock kick, late game. Um, him and his wife, you know, they go to Tallahassee and they drive as far as they can and get a hotel and then finish it up the next morning and, and watch Tate play. on. A, I mean, it was a night game on a Saturday night. And uh, watch watch Tate play and then get up and Sunday morning come on back all the way from Miami. And he's, he's back at means at 2 o'clock on Sunday uh, ready to work again. And, um, again, just a testament to the you know, the man that he is that, and the father that he is because uh, I know my man was running on fumes Sunday night, that's for sure. Well, Coach, you do an outstanding job as well. I'm sure you have your fair share of stories, dad duties, all of the above. But you're in your second season at Colquitt. What have you learned over the past two years in Moultrie? Well, the first thing I've learned, and I say this all the time, South Georgia football, it just means more. It's the the SEC, brother. It it just simply means more to these communities. It just means more to these young men that play it, just the passion that they play with. And then it's awesome to have the pageantry that comes with playing these games. Our fans are phenomenal. And there's a lot of teams down here like that. And so that's the biggest thing, first and foremost, is that. It's just how how much pride these communities – all the communities down in South Georgia taking their program, how important football is. And, and so that's what makes it such a special place to coach at and, and just so rewarding to be a part of something like that. Under normal circumstances, you'd probably be at the midway point of your season, but because of COVID-19 and quarantine, you lose games. You're having to, to pick up opponents on the fly and things like that. Where do you think you are right now as a team, obviously ranked highly in 7A, but with the losing games and losing time and losing practice and now you're, you're back into things, where do you think Cockwood is right now? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, we're, we're not where we need to be. I know that. Uh, we're just not as consistent as we need to be. We show signs of, of how good we are capable of being. Uh, but, again, it gets down to muscle memory and, and reps. And so you've lost so much time to build that muscle memory and, and the things that come with being able to play at a high rate at a fast level. And if, you, you know, if you're thinking, you're wrong. And right now we're still thinking. And so we've got to get it to where it's second nature on a lot of different areas, from offense to defense to special teams. And the lost time – 
we're just not quite there yet. And, and we got a lot of fundamental things, our, our pad level being one. Um, and that's the stuff where the, Georgia does a great job with spring football and summer OTAs that they let us have with our shoulder pads to where you can get a lot of those things correctable and ready to go. And that's why the product in Georgia is unbelievably good. And I think a lot of teams are in the same boat right now. And the fact that you're still having to harp on a lot more fundamentals that you, you know, getting some things done that normally in the midway point, you're, you're really just focusing on scheme. You know, those things have been addressed and taken care of, and you're just really working on your schemes and your schematics for each week to put your guys in good positions. But right now with us having time off, you know, we're, we're having to still stay in camp mode a little bit and do a lot more of that stuff to, to – to harp on that until our muscle memory is right for our fundamentals. So we we got a lot of improvement to do before we hit region. The good thing is we've got a couple of games to continue to work on and improve that that obviously means something because you want to win them all, but you know don't really affect your standing in region or the playoffs. And so we got to make the most of those that we have. Well, next up, you got to get past Northside Warner Robins on the road. They're two and three. We've been to their facilities. They should have a pretty good home crowd. How are you preparing your team for that one? Yeah, the big, biggest thing about that one is you, you, you can't even get on max preps and looking at those scores because they're deceiving as all get out. You know, let the film do their talking. They're a good football team, uh, and they've just been snake bit with some turnovers and some costly special teams play in these last two games that have that have hurt them. And, and, and things kind of snowballed on them. But it is no reflection whatsoever of the quality of team they have. They've got a real fast defense. I think uh, you're the OC from uh, Mercer, Casey Vaught, who's running their defense, I think he does an excellent job. He just keeps you on your toes, keeps you guessing, and uh, he throws a lot at you. And so I, I'm working on that now, in fact. And uh, offensively, they're still working for their identity. But just like uh, you know, here in Moultrie, that, that program's got pride. That program's got tradition. I mean, those kids grew up wanting to be an Eagle. And, uh, and, and putting on that orange and blue at Northside and playing in that Mac means something to them. So when you go in there uh, Friday, we know we got to earn that thing because they, they've got a mystique about them and, and they're a talented team. So we got to have a good week of preparation if we're going to go in and leave with a win. All right. So we leading into football Fridays in Georgia this year, we've got GPB Sports Recruiting 2020. And there's a segment that we have in the show toward the end, and this is where I want you to put your thinking cap on. It's a segment that we call Make That Kid an Offer, or you can make that kid a better offer. Is there someone on your roster right now that would fit as a senior where, hey, make that kid an offer or make that kid a better offer? Who do you think could fall under that umbrella down there at Colquitt right now? Man, I got a bunch. I really do. I mean, I've got a, I've got a slot receiver, Ryan Bonner. I mean, you can make him an offer. He's, he touches the ball. He's a playmaker right now. And, uh, we're going to get him out on him coming up his three game highlight. And, uh, the kids are going to see it. We got a running back, Jamar Hill, that just runs violent. And I've got some other guys, you know, with, with really good offers that they have, but anybody could come in and get them. Zai Brockington comes to mind. Um, you know, he's two inches taller. He's, he's everywhere in the SEC. He's so good. Jamal Wallace. Hey, make that kid an offer. He's an outside linebacker that is a playmaker and uh, just doing great things for us. So we have quite a few here. We're blessed with a lot. And, and, and you know, as we get film and get things out, this recruiting thing's so different this year and uh, with, with the way it has having to be done. So we got to be unique as well to be able to advertise for our kids. 
John Bonner was our play of the week on Countdown to Kickoff a few weeks ago, wasn't he? I believe that is accurate, yes. Well, we need to what? Make that's that awesome. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Good deal. He's a good ball player now. Ain't no doubt. He's a great person. Well, Coach, this season is certainly different. What are you most looking forward to as we just keep going, you know, working through the weeks, getting Friday to Friday, making sure your team is healthy? What are you most looking forward to this season? I'm looking forward to no more corona cases. Uh, that's the biggest thing I'm looking forward to. I get nervous every time I get a phone call about someone random calling me um, about that. I mean, it's just you look forward to every Friday night you get because, you know, we got quarantined and we had games have to get canceled. And so we know how that feels. And there's been a lot of teams on there. And so, you know, I, I tell our guys, until you hit that game pregame, you know, it can be taken away from you. And so we just got to be smart. And so I just look forward to each Friday night. You know, this year, you know, you're not promised another one. Uh, and things could happen that are outside of your control. And so I think that's kind of got everybody to cherish these Friday nights even more this year because of the unknown. Well, Justin, obviously, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks for letting everybody know what's going on down there in Moultrie, with, which has been an eventful half season as we get through the first five weeks of the year. But thanks for hanging out with us here on the show. Thanks for uh, talking to me and Hannah. We'll be keeping an eye on you this weekend uh, as you guys head to the MAC to take on Northside, and we'll be keeping an eye on you there in the region of Doom and 7A. Thanks for being a part of the show. Hey, no problem. Thank y'all. And like I say, I just love what GPB does for high school sports and, and football in particular. Uh, again, it's another feather in the hat of what makes you know Georgia football so good. Thank you, Coach. That was that just made you John's nailed day. it. You nailed it. You you absolutely right. nailed it. See y'all, man. Thank y'all again. All right, be good. Bye. Bye. Take care. Again, that is Colquitt versus Northside Warner Robins this Friday, 7.30 p.m. Our next Football Friday in Georgia broadcast is a huge Region 8 4A showdown between number 2 Jefferson and number 6 Flowery Branch. The Dragons are 4-0, boast a high-powered offense led by five-star junior athlete Malachi Starks. The Falcons are 3-1, losing their season opener to St. Pius, but have won three games in a row with help from the state's leading passer in junior quarterback David Bernard. John, I am so looking forward to this matchup. Yeah, Bernard last week in there went over Hiram 16 of 18 for 246 and a score. Miles Ivy rushed for 103 on 25 carries. And Jefferson, they've knocked off Rabin County already this year, coming in at 4-0. Malachi Starks threw a 33-yard touchdown pass with 26 seconds to go to break the 19-19 tie. And something a lot of folks aren't uh, paying attention to, they're looking at the, the, the shiny stuff. Defensively, for Gene Cathcart and the Dragons, they held Hart County Cade Barong, their three-star tight end who's heading to Notre Dame, held that Rance Gillespie offense to 261 total yards, completed only three passes on the night, Jefferson, but all of them went to score. So Malachi Starks throwing when you need to, not just because you want to. And the branch is a fun place to broadcast from, right, John? Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's right in the shadow of the uh, the pro facility mm-hmm. down the road. But it's uh, it's going to be fun to catch up with our friends up there in Hall County, get to catch up with some friends too, John Thompson, who's a part of the staff there at Flowery Branch. And uh, we go way back, so it's good to catch up with old friends too. We're recording this on a Monday, but we've got a lot coming up at GPB Sports this week. We do? We do, John. I'm not sure if you're going to be here or not. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday at noon, don't miss Countdown to Kickoff on the GPB Sports Facebook Live. 
That is such a fun show. Recruiting 2020 also airs before our Football Friday in Georgia broadcast Friday at 7. We had our first recruiting show last week. How would you think that went, John? I thought it was great. It's fun. And uh, we also get into one of our favorite segments on that show, Make That Kid an Offer with Coach Rogers, too. If you are listening to this podcast and you are a fan of Football Fridays in Georgia, if you're a coach, if you're a, a booster, if you're a fan, and you know of someone who needs to have an offer made to them, if they're not being looked at by a, a lot of the, the schools that they should be, let us know on our social media platforms. Send us as much information about these student-athletes as possible so we can put them into consideration for Make That Kid an Offer or Make That Kid a Better Offer. So reach out to us. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, and... Instagram. Thank you. But the best way to put in your nomination for Make That Kid an Offer is to send an email to gpbsports at gpb.org. Yes. So send us that way. Email as much information as possible and, uh, you know, GPAs, uh, all the weights that they can handle, uh, what they've done performance-wise, stuff in the community, all that kind of stuff. Let us know what's going on. gpbsports at gpb.org and our social media platforms. We've got quite a few nominations already for this Friday's show, so we're going to pick the best ones, so make sure you get those in. And for even more football news, download the GPB Sports app. We have our rankings out first thing tomorrow morning. Look forward to seeing those. Yes, so I've got to get my rankings in is basically what you're saying. Yes. Okay. That's hint, hint, get your rankings in, John. We're yeah. waiting on you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> once again, thanks to Justin Rogers, the head coach of the Colquitt County Packers, for hanging out with us here if, to be our guest for the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Uh, what else is on your mind before we go? Just looking forward to another week. It was good to get through the first week. We were extremely busy, stressed out here at the GBB Sports Studios. But once we get through that first game, it is smooth sailing, working out the broadcast kinks, and looking forward to a really great matchup in Jefferson and Flowery Branch. That's another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. It is produced, preserved, and kept on track every single week by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. For Hannah Gooden, I am John Nelson. Once again, download the GPB Football Fridays in Georgia podcast on your favorite podcatcher. Log on, find it also at gpbgpb.org and the GPB sports app we'll be back this time next week once again football fridays is jefferson and flowery branch led by recruiting 2020 seven o'clock on friday night on gpb and all the platforms that you watch georgia public broadcasting play it safe everybody enjoy the game when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.